Welcome to the GameDev.TV Community Podcast. I'm your host KB, and I would like to introduce you to industry professionals and people who successfully made their path to the video game industry. I hope that you will enjoy the podcast and get useful tips that will bring you closer to achieving your dreams. Now, let's get right into the podcast. Yeah. So welcome to the GameDev.TV Podcast, Josh. You tell uh, the fans a little bit about who you are, and we'll get started from there. Yeah, so my name's Josh Loveridge. I'm managing director of Stratton Studios, which is a multi-award winning um, game development studio based here in Wicklow, Ireland. Um, we've published a number of games over the last recent year. Um, we mainly focus on kind of single-player narrative experiences for the console market. So, you know, targeting consoles like PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo Switch, stuff like that. So that's what we uh, do. That's incredible. Yeah, so I think when your was it your brother or somebody reached out to me? It was like, hey, he wants to come on the show. And I was like, this is different. Nobody usually reaches out and be like, hey, I want to come on. How did you hear yeah. about GameDev.TV or the podcast? So many years ago when I started game development, obviously uh, mostly I'm self-taught uh, kind of. So there was a lot of kind of research. And, you know, in that starting phase, you're just kind of sucking in all this information. And, you know, obviously Ben, uh, Ben Tristam, you know, yeah, was yeah. one of the people that kind of always was there, and I seen he was doing his thing at the time. So, you know, it was um, I just, I just always known you guys, and always watched the podcast, and always kind of, uh, yeah, I just said, hey, uh, you know, let's try and get on. Why not? Uh, mm-hmm. We're one of the. I have a big um, ethos um, of community interaction and supporting the players because I personally feel that within the game dev community it's too closed off you know not enough developers are speaking with the players speaking with the community to see what everyone else is doing and just to put some positivity out there because it's all very doom and gloom you know (laughs) and uh it's it's good to just get that positivity out there and just let people know hey this is possible you know if you if this is what you want to do you can do it you know and so that's really my thing and i do it across like you know we usually say um within stratton that if i don't do an interview or hop on a podcast at least maybe once every quarter then i'm doing something wrong hyping up to our games release you know we're on maybe a couple of week um doing so it's uh it, it, it changes the time of the year but you're the first of the year this year <laughs> yeah look at that see i'm glad to have you on but no, I, I agree with all that about the uh, the world could be doom and gloom. Like even that, Jack, when you and I talked a little bit about how like people will, you know, just not be very supportive. And, and especially in the game industry, it's very hard to, to do because it can be hard to, you know, program every day, work on art every day, start your own studio. It's, it's a difficult thing. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Especially if you've never done it before, right? Like I remember when I was trying to get into the games industry, um, there's a lot of like gatekeeping kind of with interview processes um where people like who are these awesome programmers are like i'm gonna i don't really want you to be here so they they're not very in in loving and supporting so like i found that the places that i wanted to work were the places that were like hey i like you and i want you to succeed at this whether or not it's here or at some other company so i really um also uh oh my god i can't even think of words (laughs) Um, <laughs> I really feel what you're saying there when you say that because it it is hard and it is like when you're first coming in you are an outsider so I love that there are other developers out there that have that mindset and that you have a company that has that mindset like that's so awesome 
Yeah, no, it's good. What is your company's motto? I think it says, remember your roots, love what you do. Where did that come from? I love that. Uh, so, Stratton Studios is a strange story. Um, <laughs> I suppose the, it's, it's the story of kind of one, I suppose, what people used to call, you know, crazy young lad in Ireland's aspirations that uh, kind of came to a fruition. So essentially what happened was Stratton Studios, why was it we weren't always Stratton Studios? So if people look at, out there, you know, at our previous games, they might see Loveridge Designs. So essentially when I um, first started everything, I launched a company called Loveridge Designs and essentially we did everything. Like, you know, we were doing game dev, we were doing video production, we were doing website development, we were doing literally everything. And this is all the stuff that I love to do, you know, it's the stuff I focus on. And, you know, we when I started that, everyone told me, you cannot do this, you know, it's never going to work, this is the worst idea ever, you know, every 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 doubt there ever was, and then it gaslit, it just literally went, like, it, it went like that, and it just blew up, and as year by year, week by week, you know, the company was growing, was getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and then uh, about a year and a half ago, um, we realised... Okay, we've got a problem here. You know, people are starting to message Loveridge Designs, asking about games, and, you know, there's a confusion with the brand. So we split the brand up. Um, so Loveridge Design side of things um, split into Loveridge Digital, which is a full-service mm -hmm. media agency. Um, we've actually two offices, one in Ireland, one in Australia, um, Central NSW. So that company's growing on the side as well. So that's a big thing also. Um, and we work, you know, the majority in the film industry there and with uh, kind of corporate companies and doing their content creation. But then on the Stratton Studio side of things, that's split off and that's just been growing ever since. You know, the team's grown. We're just getting bigger and bigger and we're just, you know, we're just loving the loving the ride, really. So I always say, you know, you can never you have to remember your roots, you know, because obviously as you get more successful, as you get more kind of, you know, up in the industry, opportunities present themselves that go against maybe your code of ethics when you started. You know, you set out with a with an ethos, you know, I believe that what makes companies great has to stay. You can't lose that. You know, what's given us all the success so far has to stay within the company. And that's the attitude for the, towards the games. You know, that's this undying love for our players, undying love to make just make cool stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And without that, I feel that Stratton Studios will die and it'll die, you know, into just another games company because we're not just another games company. You know, we're going we're doing things different and um, we've always done it that way and we're going to continue to do it that way. And um, so that's where that comes from. So it's a <laughs> it's quite a funny one. <laughs> it's, it's a great one. So let's start all the way at the beginning. So, like, when did you get into games and game dev? So I was your typical, you know, eight plus hour a day hardcore gamer um all my life um and you know coming out of you know once i hit kind of you know around 14 13 14 i realized in life you have to earn money <laughs> yeah it, 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 you know, pretty but, young yeah. to realize that to be fair. <laughs> right though yeah yeah Some don't I, even when they're 30 yeah so i realized that and it was like okay well i've got two options um essentially i can either a 
work a nine to five and just, you know, plod along, do my thing. That's okay. Or potentially what I could do is I could work my ass off, work harder than anyone else will and, you know, never take, I haven't taken a day off since I started. And so I essentially said, I'm going to commit to this and I'm going to be successful. There's one thing I love and that's games and that's what I'm going to do. And then I just literally started. I started on every crazy tutorial on the internet. I done everything there was. I I made the mistakes. I spent hours, you know, looking at, uh, you know, kind of lines of code, learning all these different elements. I started to research into the psychological aspect of it. You know, what actually makes a game good, synergy, flow, all these vital elements, you know, so important. And I just kind of immersed myself in it. And I slogged away at that for years. And I was publishing terrible games that were just like horrible. And every time I'd published them, you know, people would give me all these, you know, you know, you get the terrible reviews. People are like, oh, this is the worst game that's ever I've ever played, you know. Hope this company, like this lad, stop. Just stop, like, you know. Um, but I, I just kept at it. And then eventually what happened was I got a break. And the break was essentially I started a horror game called The One We Found. And I since I essentially um I hounded down ID at Xbox and I was like, listen guys, just give me a shot. That's all I want. I just want one shot. Mm-hmm. And I got that shot. And you know, it's kind of just been up up uphill from there. But essentially it's just been a battle of attrition, just you know, learning your craft, making those mistakes and you know, kinda that's that's how really uh I kinda got into it all. Oh, that's amazing. That is an amazing journey. So from there, you started your own company. So what has been the biggest challenge for you starting your own actual game company? Biggest challenge in the games industry for me and starting a company is there's one thing to make a great game, but there's another thing to make good money. You have to do both. And you have to do both well to be successful. And that's not a that's not my undying will because I want Lamborghinis. And um, that is that I know that if I make more money, I can invest it in our games. I can make the experience better for the players. You know. So the biggest challenge has been finding ways within an industry that is not business focused because the games industry typically, unless you get to the really high levels, no one knows what they're doing when it comes to a business. So. You know, I came at it from a different aspect where I was I've I'm running other businesses that are in traditional, more corporate sense. So I I, I knew the importance of positive cash flow. And that is the most important thing is positive cash flow within your company, you know, getting that up and running. You know, we've never had challenges making games. That's the easy bit. And the hard bit is making sure that, you know, everyone that's at the company is paid well and paid good. And that they are not being uh, like, you know, I'll stress myself rather than stress other people. That's what the way I approach things, you know. So that's the biggest thing. And the thing about it is, you know, as you grow a company, you take on the responsibility of other people. That's the thing, you know, you're responsible for what they're doing. And if you mess up and you, you know, you don't make, you know, your your quarterly returns, 
you know, then they're affected. So, you know, we've never had that issue at Stratton. We're, we're growing and we're growing very well. So, you know, that's it. Positive cash flow, keeping that positive cash flow within the company. And in the beginning, that was hard because I made so many mistakes. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I really didn't. Like, you know, I didn't have I didn't have all the core elements of running the business, you know, Um. But now we do. And, you know, that. so that was the biggest hurdle. And I think that's where everyone fails. Because if you notice, you know, game, a lot of games companies get to a certain level and then they just drop. And the reason is, is because they don't have process. They don't have any of these core elements within the, you know, within their uh, business. Because at the end of the day, you know, you have to make some money to live. You know, and if you're not doing that, well, then what are you doing it for? You know, so you've got to be successful in all aspects and take it seriously. You know, I mean, if you don't take your cash flow seriously as a as a a studio, you know, you're being reckless. And I, I strongly believe that. And I preach that so much because it's the number one thing when I look at other studios and maybe sometimes they ask me, OK, how, how are you doing this? And, you know, we're not grown, but you are. And then I say, well, just give me a look at your books and I'll tell you why. Um, you know, that's that's really it. Um, it's all down to keeping them positive cash flow. 100%. Wow. Josh, you're very inspirational. How old are you? Um, I just actually turned, just turned 22. That's just insane, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? He's like, speaking yeah. like a businessman has been in the, in the works for like 20 years. But yeah, sure, so you, Kevin was young. Yeah, <laughs> right? So you, when was that, well, how old were you when you did that um, deal with Microsoft or you went up to Microsoft? Um, I think I was seven, 17, nearly 18. Hey, so you've been just grinding out since 14, working hard, making this happen. How did you get to that point? Like, did you watch any like business stuff? Did you eventually no. did you even go to college? You just a lot did of it? Tank. Oh, here's <laughs> the right. So here's the funny bit. I actually right. So I didn't complete the normal educational route. So I actually like I, I essentially what you would call drop out of mainstream education and finish my education myself. That's the way it, it, we did it. Um, then essentially what I did was I went on to third level and did did some games uh, related uh, kind of courses and stuff. And then essentially I skipped my degree and went straight on to my master's um, and I studied service oriented architectures. Now, while I was doing this, I kind of essentially was running the companies and uh, I didn't get to finish that. I will go back and finish it eventually. Um, but, uh, you know, I seen an opportunity, you know, once this, I shook this deal, I was like, okay, you've got one shot. Let's, uh, you know, we're going for it. <laughs> wow. in. Yeah. So Dang. it was, that was, that was how I did it. But essentially the turning point for me, as I said, I was, I was young. Like I've worked since I was 12 and that's mm-hmm. like, I used to work. So essentially my first job was I used to work in a doctor. Um, you know, so it was it was kind of very, very manual, you know, working with animals, you know. So I've always known what hard work is and I've always wanted. And it's not like I was for. It was more that I've always had this undying, burning will to be successful and to just do well, even in games, you know, uh, in games, you know, being guild masters, you know, 
doing all this type of stuff, you know, making sure I was getting the one, getting all the platinums in games. You know, I was always oh a completionist goodness, yeah. <laughs> and I was always the one that was pushing ahead and doing things that maybe, you know, other people would call a chore. I just love. And it's not like I find it, uh, find it work. I love it. You know, every day when I, I, I find it hard to sleep at night. I really do because I'm excited for the next day. I'm excited for the new challenges that they're going to bring me. And, you know, when, when something happens and they're like, okay, we've got a problem or, you know, our timeline's been cut in half. What are we going to do? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay, here we go. Let's, 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 let's do this. That. Wow. Okay. That's not everybody has that. <laughs> I don't hear most people like that. How did you develop that? Where did was that always in you since you were twelve, younger, or did you slowly grow that because you were working at a young age? I I I, I suppose over the years I've become more and more. Um, I've always been like this, as in, okay, I'm going to be successful. You know, I know the one thing I need to do to, uh, you know, make it is to work harder than anyone else and I've always had that I've always had that thing in me that want that desire and it's a desire that never gets filled I'm chasing an infinite I'm chasing an infinite dragon that I'm never going to reach but I know that and I'm okay with that because I'm happy with the journey and you know it's amazing the people you meet you know the everything and the thing I like about being successful you could call me successful I don't call myself successful I kind of I always you know, I'm always very hard on myself, but what I like about it is that my doing well allows me to give to other people. That's the thing. Like, I like to know that everyone around me is going to be secure. Everyone around, I like to know that if anything ever happened, you know, one of my family members, I can get a fix. Mm. of that that uh, that is something that i really like and uh, and i you know it's it, it's important to me um you know it's just this it's I, it's hard to explain but it's it's yeah, just it the is. thing inside me that that pushes me to do it and it just never stops it never stops mm-hmm. so it's, you so you said that you learned a lot of the stuff that you know how to do on your own through tutorials online and just figuring it out yourself so um, what is some advice that you have for like the people who are just getting started like you did um, to keep pushing forward and keep like getting through those hard bits of going through tutorials by yourself? Because it is, it's hard to teach yourself how to do things. I would say that the hardest bit obviously is getting started. It's always the hardest bit. It's always the hardest curve. But here's the thing. You've got to enjoy that. You've got That's actually the funnest bit. That's what people don't realize. The funnest bit is that making them gains day by day you know getting slowly a bit better seeing that coming together like now when you know a lot of this stuff it's kind of like you don't learn as much anymore you know there's not that there's not them easy achievements you know when you're at the bottom level you know you're getting them quick levels you're leveling up like really quick like one month in uh, like watching tutorials and practicing you probably made your first little game like and that is a very empowering thing you know so I think that that's one of the funnest stages. And I would say to people that if they don't like that and are getting down in it and stuff, they really need to think, okay, why am I doing this? Because if you're all about your why, if, if your why is correct, then you're going to, 
you're going to push through it and you're going to be able to do that. You know, and um, it's all about your why and getting your why correct. A lot of people I see coming into the industry are looking for that quick buck, as they think. Right. They think, oh, yeah, games, nine, nine billion dollar industry, whatever. They're like, oh, yeah, loads of money. Um, and they chase it, chasing, you know, that won't work. It fails instantly. If you're doing it for that reasons, uh, you know, go somewhere else. But if you really are doing it for your passion and this is because you want to do it, you will get through that. And just know that everyone has gone through that. It's not like, you know, it, you know, we're like like a level 50 mage just floating in and we all knew everything about the, you know, the game development process when we all started. Everyone started like that. And it's completely normal to feel defeated. Like, you know, the the best thing I say to people when they say, oh, I'm feeling down, you know, I just, I just, I can't seem to figure this out. I always say to them, well, you know, do you want to know the good thing about that is, is that a high is coming because you're going to figure it out soon. And oftentimes when you think it's just about time to give up, that's when you break through. And that's when the you get over that plateau and that's when you're on to the next level. So it, it like, you know, it's just like playing a game. Like, for example, if someone started Mario and they, you know, they fell down the first little pit, you wouldn't tell them to give up. Like, you know, you'd say, uh -huh. listen, you're plenty alive. So, you know, hop back in there. <laughs> well, I, I, I thought I was that. positive. <laughs> you don't have that in real life. Just disclaimer: you only have one. Disclaimer: I love it. But wow, dang, that's just you. I didn't. I haven't met someone more positive like that in a long time. Like somebody just like completely <laughs> just embodies like get after it, do this, enjoy it. It's the journey. It's fun, and it's like. Wow, bro, you you were born to do this. So when it comes to your business and what you do is like part of the business, how did you get started? Is it were you like a programmer artist or were you doing more design? Um so I started in 3D animation. That was my first uh, okay. kind of field. Um once I started in 3D animation, I then kind of started to branch into, you know, uh started off in blender actually blender game engine <laughs> that was the first blender game engine and mm, um, i love blender yeah uh so uh, i started off as 3d 3d kind of arts animating stuff like that then i quickly realized that it wasn't i can i'm very proficient at it but it just uh i kind of preferred the higher level kind of design aspect of it and but i knew to do that that I couldn't just focus on design. You know, you can't just focus on one element. I had to know it all. So I, I essentially what I did was I broke each part down. So I started off with 3D animation modeling. I learned everything I needed to know about that. I needed to know every process. I learned it all book by book and um, done it all. And then I hopped on to 2D animation, learned everything about that. Then I hopped on to, um, it was after that, it was um, like ZBrush sculpting, stuff like that. Hopped right into that, done that. Um, after that, then I actually joined, uh, started into programming. Now, when I started learning um, C Sharp, I actually started in traditional C Sharp rather than actually just like Unity. Main reason being is that I knew that to actually embody and really learn it, I needed to know where it came from. 
Um, I needed to know, you know, what were these actual uh, kind of what was everything, you know? Um, so I did that for that took a long time. <laughs> um, oh, I bet. <laughs> um, and then I obviously I was studying uh, service orientated architectures at the time, so that kind of you know that kind of all lined up. Um, yeah. But uh, after I learned programming, then essentially I said, okay, I know art, I know programming. Okay, that's, uh, you know, two out of three. Now I need to know the hardest bit, which is game design. You know, what are the actual, what makes people want to play something? You know, what actually drives someone to that next level? You know, what what are these elements? You know, because I believe that um, history doesn't repeat itself, but it, it, it rhymes. Um, so, you know, if you look at games that are, you know, in the past, you know, when, especially when we didn't have all these, you know, massive, you know, um, massive budgets with regards to art or anything like that, they were the core games that synergize game design. Everything about it was in them, you know, games. And I studied them. I studied everything about them. I read all the white papers. I read every single article. I learned about all the different techniques, the psychological tri uh, triggers. I learned the psychological side of things. You know, what drives people? What makes people think? What makes people do what they do? And that enabled me to kind of start really, you know, kind of forming my um, area within uh, kind of game development. Now, currently, like the way I make games is I do it all. Like if someone's like, OK, you know, we're struggling in the art department, I'm like, all right, you know, let's hop in there. And, um, you know, I, I focus on a lot of that. The main thing I kind of... Uh, I kind of like, for example, most of our titles that we do, I build about 80% of them myself. Um, I, I, I'm I, very quick. I've gotten extremely, extremely quick. Um, and, you know, I right now, you know, I can do the work of six or seven different people um, within a team. So it's like it's it's i've got it down to an efficient process that allows us to push out these titles extremely quick like we've a one-year dev cycle and for a console game you know that's pretty quick and um, from concept to publication so you know it's um that's the way i've kind of uh you know started and that's how i evolved but i'm you know constantly constantly trying to learn new things and you know uh, the latest and greatest techniques Wow. So I actually have a quick question. So yep. since you kind of taught yourself game design, um, which I feel like is a lot harder to do than just like art or programming, because like with those, when you're doing tutorials, you can see what they're doing and then you can replicate it. But with design, it's not so much as see me do this, then you do it, because you have to like deep dig into yourself and come up with things on your own and, and start thinking about the deeper process of design. So what are some challenges that you had and like how did you overcome them? I so the the biggest challenge I suppose was okay with programming and art there's a starting point there's a finish point you know you know they're defined but with design that's not defined that's taken away and then I started to realize that's what I thought initially but then I realized that that actually wasn't true that there is a starting end point to design there is a set there is a set kind of narrative that people want. There's a set kind of framework 
that has worked historically and will work moving forward into the future. And then it became a challenge of how do I innovate on that and how do I break down those barriers? So I started, you know, from the basics of, okay, this has to have a beginning, a middle and an end. That's how I start everything. And um, when I'm starting my any game design process, I say, okay, everything everything I think about or everything I implement, I say, who, what, where, when, why? The five W, simple, you know? Okay, why is this here? What does this actually, you know, mean for the world? Is this actually engaging? Or why, why would someone care about it? Because the way I look at it is I look at every element as if a critic was standing over my back, you know, kind of saying, okay, well, that's out of place because of this and that's out of place because of that. So that's how I've always approached it. And I've just slowly built up from there. But the hardest bit is always just setting your setting the very first kind of stone in place. After that, you're just building on top of it and it all comes together. Like, you know, for the first few titles that I built, it was more just, okay, let's just build a mechanic here and see where it takes us and we'll come up with the design afterwards obviously that doesn't work but um you know it's uh <laughs> it was a good starting point and it allowed me to see that and make that mistake and to learn okay that's not working so let's try something different and then i started smaller and then i said okay well i want to i want this title that i'm working on to focus only on flow I only wanted to focus on flow, nothing else. I don't want to worry about any synergy, anything like that. I just want to focus on flow. And then I'd build a little game with that and then say, okay, that's that implemented. Now let's add in, say, synergy. Let's let's synergize it together with something else. Um, and then after that, I'd say, okay, well, let's implement weenies into this game. So let's use, like, you know, weenies to implement to, you know, draw the player. I want to focus on them in this game. And then I just kept doing that over and over. And eventually it just kind of all came together. And um, like now we've a, we've a set process. Usually what we do, like, you know, when we're defining the game is, well, I'll sit down and we'll say, okay, I'll come up with the concept and I'll say, okay, this is the basics of what I want. Any ideas? And then, you know, we all kind of brainstorm together. And then after that, we just say, okay, well, let's make something and see what happens. And then, wow. you know, we roll with it. Dang. That's beautiful, man. And wait, what are, what are weenies? What were you? <laughs> I, was, I was confused for a second. Weenies like a thing you draw with or just like random stuff you put in the game? Um, so a weenie was the thing that Walt Disney used to psychologically draw people into um, his parks. So if you think of Magical Kingdom, the big castle in the background, yeah. that's a psychological trigger to lure the player forward, to lure them to where they want to go. So essentially utilizing them in games. So say, for example, you know, we're in a dark forest, dark, moody forest, you know, you, the player breaks out of the trees and then in the mist in the valley in the background, they see a castle on a hill. You know, okay, instantly the player knows, I need to go to that castle. I don't know what I need to do there, but it's something at that castle. Yeah, it it draws nice. them in. And, yeah, it, it <laughs> just attracts the eye. And it's a way to draw people through the level without having a big pointer saying, go that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, and it's important to be aware of that as well, like not to create them unintentionally and like draw people towards somewhere that has nothing. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. It also goes into things like show, not tell. So it's like, don't tell them to go there. Just show a castle and be like, I mean, maybe you should go, maybe not. But there it is. Yeah. So. And then when he gets there, you need to tell that the princess is not there. Hey, yeah, you yeah. need to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. So when you were studying, oh, what were you say? 
Oh, no, go ahead. I'll ask mine after yours. Okay. So, when we were studying all the programming, art, all that stuff, games, and what, what time frame was this? Like, it seems like you spent a lot of time. So, did you have a lot of free time in your hands? Was this during college? Was this high school? Like, what was, um, when was this? I got, I got very familiar with two hours of sleep. <laughs> Yeah, I bet, right? Because it's like, you know, like <laughs> I got very familiar with that. Um, uh, actually, here's the thing: people think they don't have a lot of time, but they actually do. You've 24 hours in a day. You choose how to spend it. At the end of the day, you know, if you want to work, if you really want this, you're going to put 18 hours in a day. And here's the thing, right? And here's here's the here's the secret sauce that no one tells you, right? If you yeah. work 18 hours a day, right? If you work 18 hours a day. You are doing the equivalent of around three days of work to the average person. So what for every day of three days on people? And that always drove me. That was like a, that was like gas for me. I that that got me up in the morning when I knew like I done that for a year. I was like, that's a year of that might only seem like a year. But I have the knowledge of someone who's been doing this for like five years. This is great. I was like. Let's go. Like, you know, this is this is the fast track. Why is no one else doing this? I was like, this is this is too easy. You know, so that's that's how I kind of did it. But the time frame, I mean, it's literally been an evolution since I started at a young age to now. I mean, I didn't really start seriously getting like the it was around 17, I suppose, was when it really started to, I suppose, snowball. Up to then no one cared and everyone thought I was crazy. So you're doing like eight. So let's go with. Oh, actually, Jack, when you go now, I'll ask my question. Right. Um, so you were talking about um, just like your process of design and things that you're looking at. I was wondering if there were any like games that like really inspired you when you were making your games. So one of the the biggest game and, you know, I suppose it's a very um, I, it, it touched me on a different level was Soma Um, Soma. And here's why. That was a story. So that I played that game while I was kind of on this journey. And it was in a time in my journey when it wasn't going well for me. It was going terribly and I was bullying ahead. And it was like as the game progressed, as I was playing the game, I started to get all this good news. I started to get all this like, you know, kind of, um, you know, the Microsoft thing coming through and all this. And I was like. As the play, as the uh, as the character in the game was discovering themselves, I felt I was discovering the next level, and that kind of moment just stuck with me. Like I remember the moment, um, and I'll never forget it. I was um, I was sitting in Soma, and you know the scene where essentially the player finds, the player finds that they are essentially you know, the uh, the robot thing. Uh, like, you know, they find out that for the first time, they're like, oh, my God. And um, I remember I played that scene and afterwards I checked my phone because I was actually playing the scene to do research for my game I was making. And um, I was uh, seeing the way they implement something. And then I checked my phone and it was from ID at Xbox. And then I was just like. <laughs> what? 
And then I was like, and that moment stuck with me, and it stuck with me. It stuck with me ever since. Um, and that will be my most favorite game because of that. Um, it just, it, you know, it, it's just a moment that I don't think I'm ever going to get again. But you know, it was, it was something that I hold on to, and it was, it was a very, uh, it was a very empowering uh, moment. So that's, uh, so that would be my favorite game. But I take in all genres of games, like even you know your your simple mobile games that maybe have like Flappy Bird. There's a lot to be learned from games like that. You know, there's so much knowledge there, so much, so much innovation. People might think it's so simple, but no, there's so many psychological triggers that were used there to make that a viral success. You know, there's there's elements to be taken from everything, and that's you know, once you can, once you get yourself into that mindset that I can learn from anything, that there's something to be taken, and if I take one thing from everything I see, I'm going to become a very knowledgeable person pretty quickly. And that's, you know, that's kind of the ethos I take with it. Yeah, what I feel people uh, tend to do is they focus a lot on the no's they get in life. And uh, they forget that you only need one yes. And, well, that was your yes, right? Yeah. 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 And that from the no's, you get to, you learn, like, what you didn't do right or the things that you're struggling with or the things that you didn't know you didn't know. Um, yeah. So There's a I Thomas Edison quote here. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere. Yeah. So, what is your process? Sorry. So, what is your process when you're playing a game to like study it? Like, what are things that you look for, or like, how do you approach that? So, this is a. Uh, it, it's it's very strange when you. The more and more you make games, you get less time to play them. And <laughs> um, yep. like that is I the truth. A, I, I, I'll be honest, I haven't actually... The last full game I played through was Soma. Um, that was years ago. The, every game since then has been just analytical analysis of what they do and why they're doing it. I don't like to play them. I prefer to watch them. Um, I prefer to watch other people playing because then I can see, okay... I, I've spotted, say for example... We'll use the weenie as an example because we already used that. Say for example, I spot a weenie in a scene. And I'm like, okay, there's a weenie. Did it work? Did it, did it capture this person? Has that, is that person going, like that's in, like if you think, right, there is billions of hours of gameplay on YouTube of people playing your games. That's free focus testing. Well, not your games, but other people's games. That's free testing of these ethoses. You can back test it. You can back test the theory. Like for example, um, say for example, in your game, you want to do a gravity switch, right? Um, Look up a game that has a gravity switch and see what people talk about it. So I analyze people more than anything now to see what people like and what people don't like and what I think the psychological triggers are going to be for people. And sometimes it's things that you don't even realize, like, you know, like certain things you put into your game that were nothing and then they turned into something, you know, that happens too. But um, it's all, you know... uh, it's all about analyzing it. But I suppose another thing to note is it's always very important not to get caught with by paralysis by analysis. So don't overanalyze every single thing being like, oh, you know, he sneezed there. So that means that, you know, that that platform can't get put there. You know, you, you got to you've got to, you know, take a large sample set and run with that. But I like to take a data driven approach to it. You know, the data is out there, you know, and it, it's it's it makes it makes my job easier <laughs> yeah uh, actually this reminded me of something that happened when i was doing theater so uh, people really tend to overanalyze things like and notice things not even the maker did like 
we did a small sketch once and it had no meaning at all. So it was like Seinfeld, like a show about nothing. And then after we presented, like everyone started giving up theories and stuff and like, oh yeah, that meant X and oh, that's like, I don't know, adolescence and whatever. That like, takes no, me back it to, literally meant nothing. <laughs> that takes me back to high school English class. Like, oh, the blue curtains meant that the author was sad. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, did it though? I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, is like, death of the author a thing? Or yeah. No? I think like underlying themes are the things that the author really cares about. Like I'm, I'm currently writing a book too. So like things I write about, I'm like, yeah, it's for this overall like theme of like redemption. But everything else is just there because it looks cool in my head or it just seems right for that moment, that scene. But like when people are like, oh, no, it's right because of this or this and that. I'm like, maybe he thought about it or maybe he didn't, but it kind of happened coincidentally. But I think stuff like that you can also use to make better games, like learn the psychology of these things. And like, okay, maybe it will place this here. Maybe not for that bigger meaning, but because it might trigger something that makes you think deeper, makes you more interested in my game. So I don't know. I guess you can use that strategy to make people more interested in games. Yeah, 100%. So back to the whole learning process of like programming, art, and all that stuff. What was it like those 18 hours? Was it like I'm going to just make a game and then learn how to do that while making the game? Or like I'm going to make the Brooklyn Bridge, for instance, and learn how I can do that in like Blender? What was the process like? It, it changed over time. In the beginning, I always start off simple. Keep it stupid simple, as I always say. And when you're first starting, you know, don't, you know, don't try and build Rome if you've you know, never picked up a um, kind of a mortar before. Um, it's all about just, you know, starting simple and just going on. And as time progressed, I got more challenging things. Like, you know, I'd start off, the first thing I ever made in Blender was a cube. <laughs> I think everyone does, you know. And then I made a Lego man. Blender makes it you for know? you now. <laughs> yeah. Um, after that was a Lego man, you know. And then I got up from there. Maybe then I made whatever, you know subdivided it a few times and made a sphere or whatever you know it, it just kind of started off small and grew and always had an additive process generally the way i like to do it is i'd like say for example um i'd learn you know i'd learn how to model the character first and i'd build on that until i've modeled the character and then i'd start off with the you know rigging process skinning process and i'd start off with you know one one little part of it and then slowly build up and then before I know of a whole skeleton. So, you know, I kind of done it that way. It's always an additive thing, but I don't generally, when I learn, I don't generally start something and just cast it away. I generally like to additively add to something because I think that that's just the way I like to do it. And it's always worked for me. So just kind of mini projects, essentially don't have to be meaningful, just, um, you know, kind of uh, just have to be something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and back in Brazil, we have this expression, uh, taking a step larger than your leg, which kind of describes that, like trying to do something you're not actually ready to do, like making wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a saying, don't make wow, don't start off trying to make a giant MMO, make something small, simple, because then you can learn from it. So Yeah, yeah there's a lot simple. to learn from copying another game. Like, if you're not selling it, it's not copyright infringement so just try it yeah I think, I think one of the big pitfalls that a lot of newer developers fall into is like i want to make a full game right but that's a lot of work and i don't think people realize how much work that is and mm-hmm. until you like are doing it um 
So I guess for advice to newbies, um, what would you suggest to them to where to start when they're wanting to create something? Um, I suppose the, the way I always looked at it was look at human genesis. We just weren't, we just weren't like, you know, humans. We started off as little like fish things and, um, you know, and then, you know, slowly walk up, crawl before you climb, you know, first thing first, if you're in unity and you're making a game, you know, get the cube moving first, <laughs> you know, worry about that. Yeah. Um, make a simple game like you know you don't have to make the most complex thing in the world for it to be successful game look at games like you know flappy bird perfect example all that was was just like you know rigid body dot add force pretty much yeah um just, you know never ending the screen of you trying to dodge the uh pipes yeah that's it Boom. <laughs> successful. yeah so just start small mm-hmm so when it comes to making sacrifices, how what how many sacrifices did you make? Like when you were learning eighteen hours a day, I'm assuming you didn't like hang out as much or travel as much or do a lot of like fun things. You were more like I gotta get this so I or can like learn. anything or, else. Yeah. <laughs> people, people, some people thought like I died. Um. Oh, oh. no. <laughs> people, oh, oh, oh no. I I disappeared. I disappeared. I literally off the face of the earth. Like one day I was in. So this is what essentially what happened. One day I was in school. And heard from me ever again. That was it. I made a decision. And the decision was if I wanted to do this, I had to sacrifice everything and I had to go. And that was it. No one was coming with me. This was a journey. And, you know, as I say, you can't bring. You know, dead weight always sinks, sinks the ship. You can't be, you can't be multi-focused. You can't be, if you want to, if you really want to learn something, if that is what you want and that is what you're going to do, well then I'm telling you now, you need to be willing to sacrifice them days off and sacrifice going out with your friends. Like obviously now, it's a little more, it's, well, it's not really even more lax now, but it's not a necessity now that I do that. That's just more my, you know, my the way I I live, um, and after you, you do it for a while, you know, you just it's the way you live. But essentially, yeah, I just that's what I did. I said, okay, cook cold turkey. You've just got to do it. If you're gonna do it, you're gonna do it hard. And uh, you know, I knew what I had to do, um, and I knew that I'd heard, I'd heard of it, the games industry. I'd heard, you know, it's nearly impossible. No one gets a and um, no one gets a job in the games industry, especially in Ireland. We've got barely any companies doing it. We're like, there's only about five real, like, decent companies in the country, you know, that do make games. And um, the rest of them are kind of, you know, getting, they're starting to come up there. It's, it's got a lot better. But when I started, there was one or two, you know, it, it was impossible. No one got a job in games industry. Everyone, you know, it was, it was, it was uncovered. And then I was just like, okay, well, what, what? What is everyone not doing? There's a there's something. There's something people aren't doing. There's something. There's an element here that everyone's missing. And then I realized they aren't putting in the work. Anyone can be a game developer. You just gotta put in that grind. 
You got to love it. You got to love that grind. Uh, you really do. And that's the only way to do it. I Like, I, I don't sugarcoat it. And I really don't. Like, you can't be a passive game dev and do a full time and own a studio. It is a lifestyle and it's it's a it's a, it's an acquired taste. But I can tell you now that if you do stick it out and you do push through, it pays its dividends. You know, it's like finding the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, it, it is there. You just got to find it. And, you know, it's all about that hard work. It's all about that dedication. It's not about massive G, uh, massive leaps. It's about them small turn gains. It's about them small achievements. And they build, they compound, you know. Um, the younger you start, the more time you have. Like, I'm only 22, and I've yeah. done a lot. Um, you know, so it, it's possible for anyone. Mm-hmm. It really That's is. It is. It is possible. Now, it's going to take lots of like hours and hours and hours and hours of work if you want to get to a place of really, really good place. So it's like you have to ask yourself, is that what you want? Like, you, can, you have to always ask yourself, what is, like you said earlier, my why? And don't lie to yourself. Don't sugarcoat it. If your why is like, I kind of want to make games and also have life with friends, and that's okay. But don't expect something else. That way you can have a more happy life. Because if you expect greatness and you're not putting in great work, you're not going to get it. So like he said, you sometimes you just gotta make sacrifices to get what you, you gotta want. Commit. You gotta commit. You gotta commit. Exactly. 100%. Yes. hundred percent. Like Charles Bukowski said, go if you're gonna try, go all the way. At least then don't even start then if you're not gonna do that. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wise Master Yoda. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> what were you saying, Josh? Um, I was just gonna say, and we say it in the in our company too, like not even on the game side of things. You say, like you know, if you really want to achieve what the you know what the zero point zero zero one percent achieve, then you got to do what the ninety nine point nine 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 percent don't. You know, that's really it. Like it, this is the thing, right? That blows my mind. It blows my mind every single time and every day. It's just like, how are people not caught on to this yet? The answer is so simple. Everyone's mother tells them it when they're younger. You just got to work hard. You just got to put put in the work. And it's that simple. There is no secret. There is no, like, you know, I don't have a little black book under my desk that I'm reading from that's giving me the cheat codes. You know, I have no Konami code. I promise. Um, <laughs> or maybe so, you do. <laughs> he's lying. That's, yeah, that's exactly what someone who has a Konami code would say. Um, no, but, <laughs> like, you yeah, have I the pick of destiny, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's as simple as that. Put in the hard work and you'll get the results eventually. Um, you know, in between, you know, it's if you're in it for the long haul, you'll stay in and you'll work hard. If not, well, then, you know, Fair play to you. you. Gave it a go, but it wasn't for you. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. like there are so many disciplines in game development as well. Like just because you're not a good programmer doesn't mean you cannot work with games. You could even work with like HR for your game companies. Still, kind of working with games. Like do yeah, it. Yeah, for it's sure. And 
And like with design, um, I know a lot of people when they start off like, I'm going to be a designer, they go to like straight to level design. I'm like, there's so much more out there than just level design. Like the things that you were talking about are really important for level design. Um, but the things that I love about level, like about design are like uh, systems design and like narrative design. Like there's so many facets that you can go into in game design. You don't have to be stuck in just one. Um, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and you've got to important. try it all. You've got to try it all. If you don't try it all, like, if you haven't tried something, how do you know you're not good at it? Or how do you know? And here's the thing, right? I don't believe in... I don't I, I, I don't believe in natural talent. I believe, like, people always say... Yeah, people always say, oh, I'm not good at maths. And it's like, because you, you've never done maths before. Like, that's... <laughs> like, it's yes. pretty much... It's pretty much it, like. You know, you, I hate... Uh, and it drives me mental... When be, I see people online saying, oh, I'm not good at programming. You know, this is so hard. It's like, like, you've only started. Calm down there, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like two weeks in, if you're complaining, it's too hard. Like, dude. Yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, <laughs> it just blows my mind. It, it, like, there is no quick scheme to anything in life i don't know uh, like you know people never seem to realize that but i can tell you now just everything everything takes time and if you put in the time you get the results and it really is the truth and i say that so much but you know it's like people just i don't know they just don't like i don't know it's hear it it's crazy (laughs) it's like people won't follow the advice for some reason i don't know why like i listened to something a long time ago that completely like, changed my mind about things but it was like it was this like old guy being like you just have to do the opposite of what others are doing and but he was like you're not even going to follow that and then i was like that's so true like everyone around me is like just like you know we're just gonna go by let life happen and i was like no, I want to make something happen. This is like my 16 year old self being like, I'm not happy with this. I got to make a difference. So it's like, do the opposite of what other people are doing. If people aren't working and you want to be ahead, go work 18 hours a day. So just do things yeah. opposite of what other people are doing. Go look up to the people who are there. Because I, so I think people hear advice from everyone. Like if they're taking game advice or business advice from like their mom or dad, and it's like, unless they're business owners, like honestly, they're just giving you their opinion, but they don't actually have technical advice for that. So don't get advice from them. Go to someone who started the business, get advice. Go start, talk to a programmer. Go talk to people you want to, like mentors, so that you can then learn from people who have a better understanding of what you're trying to do. Yeah, it's like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'm inspired exactly. today, sorry. <laughs> well, yeah, Josh, you inspired all of us. You're about to inspire it's your all the fault. Yeah. <laughs> but no, but it's true. beautiful. Yeah, and and it's very true. And it's even true from the, tr- like, from the, like, what I used to do. Now, this might sound a little bit weird, but I used to just mess, and I still do it sometimes. Um, I, I just message people. Like, say, for example, someone working in Insomniac Games. I'll just look up on LinkedIn, okay? I can see the job role here. I'm just going to message every single one of them and see who will talk to me. Have a chat with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's presented many opportunities for me. Many, many opportunities. Like, you know, I've I've done many, like, contracts, contract times in the, tr- in the AAA space as well. Like, you know, like, it, it, it's, it's something that, you know, you can achieve as well. People always say it's so hard to get into these companies. It's not really, you know? It's not. It really isn't. Like, you know, they say it's so hard, but I think what people expect is that, you know, 
um, Todd Howard's going to knock on their door and say, hey, listen, it's your, it's your time. You know, it's, <laughs> it's gonna never going to happen. No. Yeah. It's that people see job posts and like they think they can only apply if they like everything correctly in their resume, if they have every single requirement. Oh, if you'll never get good enough, do it. Like, yeah, I was like, good enough, do it. One of my mentors um, that works at PlayStation, he said, if you meet at least like 50%, even just 25%, just apply. Because what are they going to tell you? They're just going to tell you no, and then you're going to go, okay, thanks, and go learn the stuff you didn't know. Yeah, they're not going to remember your name. Like, they don't care that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So don't be afraid. Yeah. Just they're not gonna go. Going. Oh, that guy applied five years ago to another position and didn't have the requirements. Guess we don't even read his resume now. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Definitely, oh, man. Guys, <laughs> I'm about to like go work for 18 hours today, just for you, man. <laughs> yeah, so, you got it. Oh no, so, but it's yeah. So, what was the longest time that you like the longest time period where you were like, okay, I'm doing this thing, I'm asking people for things, and I'm not getting responses? Like, how did you keep yourself going with that? Because I know, like, for me, like applying for jobs, it was like at first a little like, oh, this sucks. You kind of have to pull yourself back from that. So, what was how was it for you? Um, it's been, I think, seven years, (laughs) and I still haven't got a response from some people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and that's the truth they like, missed out it, ever since i started like you know there's certain there's certain people i've been trying to get in touch with certain people that i just even want to talk to and yeah i i just i never give up i don't i don't care i don't care if i'm chasing it for i don't care if i'm chasing it forever you know i i really don't care i'd rather have said i gave it all i had rather than said i didn't try at all you know, and that's the thing. It's not about the end result. It's about the journey. You just got to love it. I love sending that um, person an email. You know, uh, some of them I have like I have a counter of how many times I've contacted them. It's like it's like contact number 365. <laughs> Will I get a response? I've Dang. tried everything. I've oh tried everything. And um, the guys at like uh, Microsoft and PlayStation and all them guys, they, <laughs> when they hear uh, I'm emailing, they're like, oh no, here we go. We're getting I'll a barrage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I'll, like, I remember, like, I remember uh, it was a very, like, here's the thing, right? When you first start with these companies, you start at the bottom ladder. People think, oh, you get in, you know, all right, you made it. It's like, you made a kid. You're in, you're in, your your game's going on Xbox, you're a millionaire, woo! No, um, you start off at the bottom rung of the ladder and you have to work your way up. You, you're at the bottom again. So you think you, you've just after getting over to the top and then you realize, oh, I'm just a fly on the wall, you know? Um, so you have to work your way up in these companies. You have to get the, like the, you know, you have to build the connections. And you never know where these connections are going to come from. I can tell you a very funny, a very, very, very funny story. Um, I was, um, I, I was doing uh, a Christmas. Christmas we done a giveaway. Um, oh, every Christmas we do it, where we give away copies to any free copies of our games to anyone who can't afford them. And we don't wow. ask any questions. We just give away free keys just because, you know, Christmas is a tough time for people. Not everyone has the finances, you know, and it, not giving a present to someone. It's better to have a key to give someone than nothing. So I say, OK, we'll do that. And we've done that locally. And lo and behold, who sees it? The executive of Microsoft for Ireland get a message. Hey, come on in. We want to have a wow. chat with you. And it's like <laughs> you never know who's what. 
uh, you know, that's the thing. You never know when it's going to happen. And it's all about not do, not chasing those opportunities, but putting yourself out there. Like every second week, I'm sending Sony emails saying, hey, guys, is there any opportunities available that we could avail of at the moment? We're ready to go. You know, if you need any marketing material, we can get it to you by the end of the day. You know, we're, we're ready for it. And <laughs> they're just like, it's gotten to the stage now where literally, they give us all the opportunities because they're like, okay, well, Josh is going to be emailing if we don't just, you know, uh, yeah, you know, let get him know. This, just shut up, you know. Yeah, yeah, here you go. I mean, he's got the stuff, so might as well, yeah. Give him everything yeah. he wants. <laughs> so it's um, it's good, and we have a very good relationship with all the platforms, you know. And um, I I think it's I I have a strong ethos about building strong relationships with people. It's all about people, you know. Build those relationships which are like if you have an account manager at Sony, get to know them. You know, you should be on a first-name basis. Ask them how their day is. I find it crazy how many people don't ask someone, how's your day going? Yeah. I hope you had a nice weekend, you know? And then they're like, oh, yeah, I did. All right, that's good. And then and then you're into it. It's, it's a good precedent moving forward, you know? And if you bring positivity with you, other people get positive. And then no mm-hmm. one yep. is down in the dumps. Like, it's, here's the thing. It's And here's the other approach to, um, to negative feedback. Because I love ne- negative feedback. Negative feedback is the best thing ever. I love it. Because I love brightening people's days up. And you might say, well, how are you going to do that when you're getting negative comments? I can't tell you how many times someone has bashed our games on YouTube saying, this game's the worst game ever made, PlayStation 1 graphics, whatever. Um, you know, And then I comment and I say, hey, listen, thank you so much for your comments and feedback. It's really appreciated. You know, I hope you just have a nice day. And, you know, I really hope you're having a good week. If you'd like a free copy of the game, just drop me a message. And every time I do that, I get a message back saying, I've never had a developer reply. I'm so sorry. I was a dick. Every single wow. time. Every it's the classic <laughs> don't feed the troll, right? <laughs> yeah, right? And he was like, instead of giving you what you want, I'm going to give you the opposite. And he completely reframed his mind. He was like, wait a minute. I got a free yeah. game? This guy was nice to me? I yeah. need to rethink and, my life. <laughs> and here's the thing as well. We sit and reply to every comment. Like, for example, when our trailers go up on the PlayStation YouTube channel, we're getting around, like, you know, could get, like, in total across all platforms, 18,000 comments. I sit and I respond to each one individually. Each single one. Every single one I'll sit and respond to. I spend about hours doing it. And each one I address as if it's the first time I'm meeting that person. Because it is. And to them, I know that that is that moment. That is the moment when they get to talk to a developer. I know if I was younger and a developer responded to me, I'd go crazy. I'd be telling about everyone about it for months. So that I know that that's a special moment. And you can never forget that. And that's why I don't like to... You know, I I find it very important to give that back to people. And another thing that I always do is I make sure that's my lion. Stay awesome. And it's such an empowering lion. It's like, just stay awesome. And then they're like, yeah, I will stay awesome. I'm like, that's good, like, you know. And what happens then is you get this community around you that's just full of positivity. Like, I can't tell you on our Twitter now. Like, our Twitter is like just a hub of positivity. We like, you know, we built this community of people who are just positive and everyone wants to help each other. Like, you know, perfect example, like in our Discord, we people who are like, you know, 
commenting about their games and putting up their games while they're on their learning journey. And there's real players in there who are wanting to try out other people's games. And they're like, yeah, you know, I'll give it a go. And everyone's positive, you know, and that's and that's the way it is. You know, you just got to be positive. And it's all about making people feel special because at the end of the day, that person has taken time out of their day, regardless of if they paid for your game or not. If it's a free game, whatever, they've taken time out of their day to play something that you made. And that is a very special thing. You know, that is that is them giving something to you and you owe them something for that. And I know some people think, oh, maybe no, you know, all this. But it is. It's true. You know, the players are so important and the players need to be at the focus of everything you do. And if you're doing it for that reason, you're never, ever going to go wrong. You really won't. Um, and a lot of people don't realize that, you know. Yeah, it's the importance of creating a good community. You you get actual usable feedback as well, which is an issue just, you have if you don't do that. Yeah. I'm just sitting over here like, amen. Like, I love everything you're saying. It is so true. The player is the most important person in game development. The whole reason you're making a game is for them. Yes, the but. customer is always right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Number one thing why you make a game is what is the player experience, and you build the game upon that. Yeah. You don't build it because of money or other things. Of course, it comes with money, but like if you build, yeah, I like to eat, so money's nice. Oh yeah, <laughs> but if you make a good game, money will come. That's what happened with your yeah. three. We don't know what happened with Cyberpunk, but you know, they're working on it. <laughs> but it it will come if you put in the time and effort, you care about the community, and just like like you said, just want to. Like I. I don't know why some people just don't want to interact with some people. It's like, oh, I have to say hello or ask the person. I'm like, why? I mean, I mean, it has something to do with like, so people who work with IT in general tend okay. to be more introverts. So there's that. Like people no, just I mean, don't like talking to people in general. It's not no, I've like met extroverts specific. who like just didn't like the idea of meeting new people. It was just like, why should I say hello to this person? I'm like, just you never know what could happen. How there's the opportunity there. Exactly. I know. Uh, right, cool. You know, stay awesome. Yeah, stay I awesome. Love that. I'm gonna adopt yeah. that. Yeah, it, yeah it's, everything it, is awesome. <laughs> yes, I remember. It, it. Uh, that's the thing, like you know, and just uh, and here's the thing, I, uh, and as well, here's another thing. Anyone that does watch this, thank you. That's the thing, like thank you. I never hear that, and like I never hear people that come on podcasts or anything just thank people. Like mm-hmm. whoever's watching now, thank you for taking the time to watch. To spend the time watching it, if you've gotten this far, you've taken an hour out of your day to listen to me yabber on. Like, <laughs> thank you. And as I say, drop me a message anytime. If there is any developers that are, you know, wanting just even advice, drop me a message. You know, I'm not that hard to reach. I respond to everyone. Never think your question's too stupid, you know, because I know that's a thing. You know, just, and even if you just need like a pickup saying, you know, oh, I made this and I don't really know if it's good or not. What do you think? You know, I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. And I, I won't tell you, oh, that's terrible. I'll tell you maybe, okay, maybe you can improve on this, but it's still an awesome effort, you know? And that's the thing. Just spread positivity. The more positivity in the community, the better everything's going to be. And we can get games back to where they were. The games industry has tilted very much so in the last 10 years to a more toxic and just... Mm-hmm. Not nice place, but yes. the era of what made games great 
and the era of what made games what they are today was positivity and the community and want for people just to sit down and have fun together. That's the thing, you know. Think of games like Doom, all these games, you know. Uh, think of LAN parties, you know, all these different things. They's, that was what formed game design to what it is today. You know, so it's extremely important. And my thing just disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, Make oh, no, where'd you go? Great again. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we do this thing. Oh, I guess we could wait till the cam comes back. But yeah, I shall ask you so back. you can think about it, though. So we do this thing where we ask, a, I guess, a challenge at the end. So if you can come up with a challenge for all the listeners out there to do as they, you know, as the podcast ends and they can do afterwards. It could be anything. Programming Ideally related business. to game development, at least not a hundred push-ups or something. Yeah, yeah, that... <laughs> five hundred push-ups. <laughs> and now I can't I, do five hundred. I'll do a thousand. <laughs> I would say, um, oh, it looks like the battery on my DSLR died. <laughs> That's fine. It's um, all good. Um, so essentially, I would say a challenge, a small challenge. I would say every day within the next week. Take your time, spend 30 minutes on something that you've been struggling with in game development. Just 30 minutes and see how you go. And I can guarantee you by the end of the week, if you haven't overcome it, you'll be a lot more knowledgeable. And I think that that's very important. And do that and and don't just do it for a week. You know, do it. Try and carry that forward. But if you hate it terribly, well, then at least you tried it for a week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You did better than most people. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome job. So uh, thank you for coming on. This was amazing. I, I'm glad your brother reached out to us and got you on. And I'm just glad you were able to inspire everyone, myself, the crew. So this is amazing. That's my. It really is my pleasure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you guys do great things, and you know, you guys are not only providing so much knowledge to the community, but also that you're inspiring people. You're getting people started. You know, you're mm-hmm. giving people that opportunity that um, I didn't have when I started. Like, you know, it was just when I, back when I started, there was nothing. It was, you know, some, you know, forums, you know, the chat to search through oh, yeah. vaguely, mm-hmm. vaguely described answers. Now there's full tutorials available. It's amazing. You know, it's, uh, it's forums. Super- <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah, it's it's. I just would want to inspire people, and I have my own questions. And I was like, if people are lost, I'm lost. Maybe if I can find the answers, it can also help them too. So that's what this whole thing's been about. And I'm I'm thankful for everyone who listens and, like you said, made it to this point. And you got this. Stay awesome, like you said. And and yeah, yeah. It's just it's I think amazing. our motto could be, "You are not alone." Oh yeah, that's a good one. you're never alone. Always, you can reach out to any of us, and we'll we'll help you out. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, so uh, we'll we'll hand the mic to you to uh, if you want to do any last minute shout outs, any uh, last minute quotes, inspiration, and uh, thanks for coming on, Josh. Yeah, so uh, as I say, if anyone does want to reach out, they can just find us at Stratton Studios, and that's essentially our handle on everything. And if they do want to join the Discord, just hop into on Twitter, and it's in our bio, I believe. Um, and again, if anyone does have any questions, I really and that's not just like a vague offer I throw out. I mean that. Um, I really do, like, you know, and I would say that you in the game development space, when someone gives you an opportunity like that, you've got to take it. You know, if someone says, hey, drop me a message, you know, drop them a message. 
you know it, it's you know they've they've clearly said that they that you can so do it and at the end of the day i would just say don't give up you know if you're at the especially for the people who are listening who are at their last wits end with game development they're like oh i can't do this this is for me just take it take a breath Take a breath and then come back at it and you will succeed. I can guarantee you. If you just listen to one thing that I say, it's just keep at it and success will come. And, you know, when it does come, everyone else, you know, everyone will be there to say you did it, you know, and that's really it. So, yeah, stay awesome. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening. You can find all courses at GameDev.tv or in a show notes at a discounted price. Get started with your game development journey today.